Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Tuesday edition of the program and obviously the Hoosiers last night drop a tough win in overtime down 11 points in the second half really late in the second half Indiana battles back they make a game of it they force overtime uh, Indiana had an opportunity to win that ball game last night and snap a losing streak of four games which is now five so I think even more frustrating maybe for fans to see the Hoosiers play so well at times, but then down the stretch, uh, make some bad decisions and take some bad stretch, uh, some bad shots and end up uh, in what's become very familiar here recently with another loss on their record. So Indiana so close to a signature road win that would help get them off the bubble in a good way. And instead, uh, the overtime loss, they're now, I think, off of the bubble in a bad way. Uh, is this IU team heading into the rest of the season. The good news is the tough four-game stretch for IU is over. The bad news is they did not win a game in that tough four-game stretch, starting with the game at Northwestern, which was probably the most winnable on paper, but IU had suspensions, and we all know the story from that contest. So lots more on IU coming up later today, but the Hoosiers drop a big, big opportunity uh, on uh, last night over in Columbus. There is no question about that. By the way, IU... 16 and 10 overall and 7 and 9 in the Big 10 conference with four regular season games left uh before the Big 10 conference uh, tournament gets underway. Also, uh, Jawan Howard, we now know his suspension. He's going to miss the rest of the regular season for the Wolverines. Um this is not enough in my opinion and we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show today. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, we'll have our uh, uh, headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Uh, Also later in the hour, Greg Mingelt uh, will join me here in actually just a few moments to talk the latest in Southern Indiana hoops as we get ready for the all-important postseason. We are officially in the last week of the regular season of high school basketball, and it's a big weekend coming up to close out the regular season. Also, the Silver Creek girls play in a 3A state championship game, which we will broadcast on Saturday evening. And just a big week to close out before we get into sectionals and madness, March Madness, starting next Tuesday at most area locations. So we'll discuss all of that more with Greg coming up here in a bit. Also, uh, Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier joins later in the hour. We'll recap the IU loss at Ohio State last night. There's plenty to talk about. There's actually some good things to talk about from last night, but obviously 
some negative things as well. And we'll have that coming up for you here in just a bit. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send in your uh, questions, your comments for our guest. You can uh, sound off on the Hoosiers and their performance last night. Is this team on the bubble still? Are they off the bubble in a bad way? Uh, You can get your questions and comments to us coming up here in just a bit on the program. All right, Greg Mingelt, first guest of the hour, is with me. And, uh, Greg, uh, it's great to be with you this time of year. We're headed into March. In fact, when we talk next Tuesday night, uh, we will be beginning the postseason. That's going to be a lot of fun. And finally, on Saturday, we uh, learned the pairings for the upcoming uh, sectional tournaments across the area. So I'll start with an easy question. Uh, of the local sectionals, which one do you want to go to? What's the best setup? Well, that's a tough question. I, I think it's uh, it's almost always Seymour, right? Uh, that's one of the best sectionals in the state. This year in particular, you know, I think every team there can um, – can claim that it's pretty good and has a chance to win that sectional, uh, maybe with the exception of Bedford. But, um, you know, uh, Jeffersonville, particularly with that draw that they got, has to like their chances of advancing through there and, and maybe seeing Floyd Central at the end. And uh, I think that's going to be a really good sectional. But there are a lot of good ones. I think there's a pretty significant favorite in all of the local sectionals except for at Southwestern, where Providence and Southwestern will be uh, – I think Saturday night, that might be the game to be at, to be honest with you. Yeah, going to be fun. Lots of games across the area, uh, I think, throughout the week that will be good. That Salem sectional in 3A, there's a lot of potential good matchups. There's some of them right out of the gate, but Friday will be fun there also. Um, I, I think the game of the night, and I know that others would probably de- debate this with me, but I think the game of the night on Tuesday is at Seymour, and I think it's Floyd Central, uh, who's had a great year but dropped two recently taking on a very good Jennings County team. The thing about Jennings County that I think is so dangerous against Floyd Central is they're one of the few teams, at least in the sectional, that has any real ability to match up defensively with the Highlanders. Yeah, it's a very good uh, it's a very good Jennings County team. And, um, of course, they went to overtime the first time. Like you said, uh, matchup-wise, um, Jennings is the one team that can uh, put out some bigs to, uh, to combat Floyd, not have to try to go to a different strategy to beat him. Um, you know, it's uh, it's, it's going to be a really good game, I think. And if Floyd's going to win that sectional, that's going to be a big hurdle to get over. Uh, you could argue those are the best two teams in the sectional. Um, at, at times, other teams in that sectional could say that too. But I think right now, um, I think those are the two favorites um, going head-to-head there in the first round. We've talked a lot about uh, Jeffersonville and the season that they've had, the tough uh, obstacles they've had to get over. But uh, this Jeff team, they draw Bedford North Lawrence. That's a rematch from a couple weeks ago at this point. Um, they, If they win that game, would take on Seymour, who drew the bye. I think Jeffersonville gets to the Saturday championship game if they play as they did against New Albany the other night. We'll have a chance to see Jeff uh, tonight. They play Madison. Then we're going to broadcast the Castle game coming up on Friday night, but I'll tell you what, this Jeff team, Greg, they may just be playing well and putting it all together at the right time of year with the sectional just around the corner. Yeah, maybe. And, uh, you know, they beat New Albany last week and then went to Wrights and played a close game against a good Wrights team on the road. 
after a two-hour drive. So, uh, you know, there's a loss there, but you don't look at that as something negative, I, I don't think. Uh, I think that's probably a, still them going in the positive direction, to be honest with you. And um, Seymour's good, and they're playing at home. It's it's a weird thing to say that um, coming at, going into the sectional that Seymour actually has a chance to be um, competitive in this sectional. So I wouldn't say that um, I'd guarantee that they're going to get there. I think uh, Seymour beat them the first time around in the same place. So um, yeah, but it's a, it's not. There are no easy games in the sectional. Like I said, I think this is the first time I've been here twenty years. The first time I think you could say every team in the sectional is pretty good. Um, I don't think that's happened before when with Seymour always being so bad. Um, so, but it'll be an interesting sectional, that's for sure. And um, I, that Jeff Seymour game in, on in Friday will be um, one that you're definitely going to want to watch. Absolutely. Greg Mingeld is my guest. I should introduce Greg. He covers uh, Southern Indiana basketball at all levels for the HoosierHillsHoops.com website. Uh, does a great job there. He'll be a great follow for you through the upcoming Boys State Tournament. And, uh, Greg, great to have you with us today. Greg, let's drop to 3A, just kind of running quickly through some of the local sectionals. Uh, North Harrison is the favorite there, and they've got a decent draw. But, you know, Silver Creek, a defending state champion. Scottsburg has a lot of talent. Uh, That Friday night at Salem in the 3A should be just an awesome set of games, if it all works out. Uh, So that could be a lot of fun. And, again, North Harrison the favorite, but they, they can be challenged in that. Sure, and Silver Creek starting to play well. They're our team of the week after beating Austin and then winning at Corden. Corden had won eight games in a row, and we were starting to talk about Corden being the top contender to North Harrison there. Even though North Harrison beat them by more than 20 points the first time around, Corden had been playing really well. And so for Silver Creek to go there and win, um, I think that's a really good sign. Um, I don't think we ever doubted that, despite their record, that they would be a contender when it came to March. And Brandon Hoffman has not playing well, and Brandon Northern might be the best player in the area, and I, so I would definitely not count out Silver Creek. And you're right, that Friday night's going to be four teams that can all win that sectional. All right. Scottsburg's struggled a little toward the end of the year, but there's no doubt they can win that sectional. Class 2A up at Southwestern. The Pioneers, uh, Coach Miller's team, a great draw. You mentioned Southwestern, how tough they are. Uh, that should be, barring any kind of major upsets, a Providence-Southwestern finale. And I don't have the Pioneers' schedule in front of me right now, but if memory serves correct, when the two met, I believe, at Southwestern earlier this year, it was a one-point win for Providence. So that could be, on paper, one of the best sectional championship matchups that we could have here in our local uh, local uh, sectionals. Yeah, it should be a great game, and, and I don't – no offense to the other teams, but it's hard to see any other championship game other than Providence versus Southwestern. Yeah, yeah, no, I totally agree. 1A at Borden, that is always a fun place to be in March. Um, things could shake out to be very good there on Friday as well. Borden and Rock Creek, a potential Friday matchup. South Central in the bye, they could uh, very easily take on Christian Academy of Indiana. And uh, I'm not sure who comes out of that Rock Creek-Borden game. I know Rock Creek won in the regular season, uh, but I could see either one of those teams maybe against Christian Academy in the sectional championship game. So uh, that is very intriguing as well as far as where am I going to go each day of the sectional tournament. Uh, there are some interesting matchups as things shake out at Borden. Yeah, Matt, uh, that's another sectional. I don't see a single game where there's a definite winner, not a single game. South Central and Lanesville are probably the worst two teams in that sectional, and they're not horrible. They could beat anybody in this sectional. So that's going to be a great sectional. And uh, I think Eastern at Tell City might be favored. So 
a couple of other uh, sectionals. West Washington at Edinburgh should get to the championship game. So we're going to six sectionals to keep an eye on here. Yeah. All right. Greg Mingelt of HoosierHillSoups.com with me. Uh, big week of the regular season to close. You know, this is an important week for Jeff. They've got game tonight against Madison, a game later in the week against Castle. New Albany has a big challenge against Bloomington North on the road later this week. Bloomington North knocked off Floyd Central without Caleb Washington at home on Saturday night. And there are many other examples you can point to across the area of key late-season games here to close things out. So kind of a chance to fine-tune things and get ready for next week's postseason. Yeah, and suddenly Floyd Central needs a win. Uh, They lost a couple of games last week. Understandable, again, without Washington. Two really good teams. Uh, But they close with uh, Columbus East, a team they should beat as they try to get toward the – try to get some momentum back going into the postseason. So, yeah, like you said – uh, people kind of the draw comes out on Sunday and the tournament doesn't start till the next week and this last week is kind of seems like a dead week but it's really important it's yeah. a really especially again like we talked about Jeff and Silver Creek teams that really need some momentum going forward this is a big week for them all right uh, it's also heating up in the college ranks as well we talk a lot of IU on this program each and every day but you're kind of our weekly uh, look into some of the former guys in the area that are playing well. Josh Jefferson of New Albany continues to be on a real tear down at Middle Tennessee as his college hoops will, uh, career will come to a close likely over the next few weeks. Jake Hydebreeder still playing great, getting lots of minutes, scoring points for Air Force. And there are others as well, but so many as we get into March. It's not just high school. It's not just IU on the bubble, off the bubble, Big Ten tournament, that sort of thing to follow. There are so many local connections uh, as conference tournaments get underway. As we think about the junior college tournament with Sean East and Kobe Barnes, and their team has a chance to make a deep run in that, maybe win it. Who knows? Lots of angles to follow here in March. Yeah, and Hanover, of course, in Division Three. We've got, um, uh, I think, the two, two things to keep an eye on are Cooper Jacoby up at Toledo. They definitely have a chance to get in the NCAA tournament. And Middle Tennessee, they're not going to be the favorite because the favorite's in the other division. But they're definitely going to win their division in Conference USA, and that's a big deal. And they have a chance to get in the NCAA tournament, too. So we have a chance to see Cooper Jacoby, who's playing a bit of a bit role now. He was playing more minutes early in the season, but Toledo's uh, shortened their rotation. He's been out of it a little bit. But Josh Jefferson is the leading scorer and could be all-conference USA and uh, for a team that makes the NCAA tournament. Man, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with Greg Mingelt, HoosierHillsHoops.com. Uh, Greg, we got to talk about Silver Creek in the upcoming state championship game on Saturday night. They will take on South Bend, Washington. Very familiar opponent. Uh, lots of players back from their runner-up finish to Silver Creek a year ago. And I feel about the way I did last year, just opposite, that Silver Creek's got a great ball club. They've had a lot of success. They should be very competitive in the game on Saturday at Bankers. Or, or let, me, let me say it right, Gainbridge Fieldhouse. <laughs> But I do feel like South Bend, Washington is the favorite. I think others that know the South Bend, Washington team much better than I agree with that take this year. Even with our local bias, it's pretty obvious that South Bend, Washington is the favorite. Uh, The size and athleticism they have is going to be a very tough matchup for Silver Creek. Of course, Milo Reynolds, um, their uh, big player, is one of the best players in the country. Uh, She's already committed to Maryland, and she's not the only one that they have. Now, I wouldn't count out Silver Creek by any stretch, but if they're going to win this one, it's going to take an awfully big performance, probably their best performance of the year. Yeah, no question. Talking uh, local hoops with Greg Mingelt 
of uh, HoosierHillsHoops.com. All right, here's the million-dollar question for all these Romeo fans that listen and want to know every uh, move he's making and not making with the Spurs. You know, he got traded. He had to go through some clearances and some health checks, physicals, whatever you want to say. And then it was all-star break. Maybe there were two games he could have maybe played in. Uh, maybe it was just one. I can't remember. But nonetheless, there were uh, was an opportunity for him to play. He didn't. Um, I'm assuming uh, you when you get traded, you've got to be worked into a rotation and you've got to learn sets and defensive principles and so many different things. And then right after that, the all-star break hit. So I'm assuming that Romeo probably got the opportunity to get some work in over the break. I guess they allow non-all-stars to still be in the gym and practice and work individually you know, with, with uh, assistant coaches and so forth. But now that the all-star break is ending and NBA is getting back into the second half of the season, I would assume sooner rather than later, Romeo will make his on-the-court debut for San Antonio. Yeah, it seems just like a, it's a matter of uh, working him into um, the rotation, working him into um, getting used to his teammates, stuff like that. I, with the All-Star game, All-Star break being one game away, like you said, it, it just made sense to wait one more game and give him a week to kind of get to know his teammates and, and everything like that. Um, they are in a playoff race. They are 11th right now, so it's going to be interesting to see um, what they do the rest of the season and and when they go to Washington on Friday, uh, we'll see what happens, and it'll be interesting to keep an eye on that one for sure. Yeah, no question. All right, Greg Mingelt uh, with us. He is the uh, writer for HoosierHillsHoops.com covering Southern Indiana basketball. Greg, thanks always for coming on Tuesdays to share a lot of info, and I know next week we'll have a final opportunity uh, to preview some of the sectional fields in advance of Tuesday night's big uh, opening round game. So we'll check in on that with you next week. It's the best time of the year, and we will have lots of coverage. So tune in to Hoosier Hills Hoops. All right, great stuff. Greg Mingelt with us. We'll head to a commercial break. We'll be back with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier. IU late in that ball game made a real push, got back into things, took the lead over time. They get beat in Columbus last night. Five losses in a row now for Coach Woodson and the Hoosiers, and we'll talk all about it next. And where is this Indiana team as far as the postseason is concerned? Uh, All coming up here next on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier is uh, joining us now as we talk about IU's loss in Columbus last night. Mike, before we get into some of the details uh, of uh, the the waning moments of the regular uh, of the regulation and the overtime period, uh, just a very frustrating game because IU at times played really well and showed some heart and battled back from being down 11 points in the second half, but then at the very end when things mattered most, just some poor shots, poor decision-making, and a tough one slips right through the Hoosiers' grasp. It would have been a huge one to get on the road last night. Yeah, I would agree, and sorry if there's any background noise. I'm sitting here in a 
rainy Columbus, Ohio, trying to trying to get back home. It, it's a rainy gray look that kind of illustrates the, the direction that Indiana's season has turned. But 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 I would absolutely agree, Matt. I, I don't feel like the story right now is a team that that's quitting. I mean, they're that that second half stretch where they I think they went on an eighteen to four run. It, it really did. Okay out of nowhere and it was really based on a really strong defensive effort where they did find some mid-game adjustments at least momentarily to kind of offset what Ohio State was doing and you know that this is a what I would refer to as a flawed basketball team from the Indiana perspective but it's not a team that that's quitting right now. Mike uh, last night just some poor late game execution can you take us through the key moments of that game. And again, IU was up, what, four points after the Tamar Bates jump shot. Uh, It looked like Indiana may get out of Columbus with just an unbelievable road win. But down the stretch, your breakdown, your your play-by-play of what went wrong for the Hoosiers. Yeah, I mean, and that that four-point lead really went all the way down to a minute to go. And there were a couple Ohio State possessions, um, you know, the first one being – Malachi Branham able to get to his right hand, which is something that, that Mike Woodson talked about after the game. That that was one of the adjustments that they did find as Branham was much stronger going right than left. He was a tough matchup throughout the game for Indiana. You know, someone that, you know, is a really good freshman. Everybody, if they didn't know that, they learned that last night. And just Indiana not having Trey Galloway and Rob Fennessy, two guys they had in the first meeting to, to at least, him down a little bit that, that was really key throughout the game but he got right on that possession with with just under a minute to go and, and drew a foul on Parker Stewart who you know you know people probably come down on him because of the way he played defensively um, but but that was just a never a matchup that was you know well suited for him so so Branham got the two free throws on, on a Stewart foul as he got to the rim he, he got to the rim all night long I think he was eight eight of eight from the line in the game and then, you know, on Ohio State's, I'll skip to Ohio State's last possession. Branham again gets to the rim, draws a lot of attention from from Indiana's defense, and just a, a back end mistake that looked like it was Race Thompson. I'm I'm not positive about that, but it seemed like he left EJ Liddell that that set up a dunk. Just just you know, obviously. You don't want to lose track of anybody, but the guy you couldn't lose on the back end was a first-team All-Big Tenner in Liddell, and it looked like Indiana just had that breakdown there. And then on the other end of the floor, you know, it was it was a breakdown again by Race Thompson, unfortunately, on the on their first possession going into the last minute. You know, a post-entry pass coming out of a timeout. You know, whether or not Race Thompson was the right guy to be making that post-entry pass is debatable coming out of a timeout but just didn't have the angle EJ Liddell obviously knew that pass was coming and he jumped it um so you know turnover on one possession I think the other possession went real late shot clock ended up with a really long shot from Tamar Bates who had hit some big ones down the street no doubt about it but it wasn't probably the optimal look that they wanted there late in the game all right Mike Schumann the Daily Hoosier Mike I want to talk more about the bad offense from last night for IU. I think they were 34% from the field, and it was 32%, I believe, from three-point range. I don't know about you, and you were at the game. I was watching on television, but there seemed to be just a lot of 
very slow-moving, maybe stagnant-like possessions for IU where I'm not quite sure exactly what was going on. Yeah, I, I mean, I feel like teams, you know, Wisconsin way back in Madison was the first one that I felt like really picked up on this. The teams are just, you know, they're, they're focused on doubling Jackson Davis and even at times Reese Thompson in the post. They're they're sticking to shooters, meaning they're they're out there not really helping went off of Miller Cop and Parker Stewart. They're not really respecting their dribble drive. They're just standing right up against those two shooters. And so that doesn't leave a lot of, you know, other options in the offense. So you're you're looking at Xavier Johnson, you know, really looking to create off the bounce. He's getting high ball screens from from guys like Thompson and Jackson Davis who teams aren't respecting to to, you know, pop for perimeter shooting opportunities. So there's just not a lot left from the offense other than Xavier Johnson creating. And that's what, you know, referring back to that first Wisconsin game and clearly the second, that's what they were looking for in those games. And I think that's what Ohio State was looking for last night. They were, they were wanting Xavier Johnson to try to create off the bounce into a lot of help at the rim. And, and he's just not been efficient at all trying to do that lately. I, I'm going to, botch these numbers but he's somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 to 64 around 22 percent over his last five or six games from the field so he's just he's not hitting threes at the rate he was and he's mostly even getting run off the line and just being forced into tough contested twos that he is just not making it any kind of efficient level so at the end of the day you just got guys on the floor that you know are not versatile enough to be threats from multiple levels on the court. You got Trace and Race that can score in the paint. You got Parker and Miller that can score in the perimeter. Xavier's, you know, kind of, you know, not real efficient from anywhere. And so it just creates, you know, I'll go back to the word, just a flawed offensive attack. Not because, you know, guys aren't trying. It's just that they're not versatile enough to, to sustain offensive effort. All right, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, my guest. Mike, I, I'm kind of torn and i I get the the feeling that fans are as well. You know, had Indiana went to Ohio State last night and lost by double digits or, you know, 15, 18 points, and it had been their fifth loss in a row, you say, okay, you know, this season may be in the can. Uh, It's hard to see this team bouncing back and finding a path to the NCAA tournament uh, after that kind of loss. However, that's not really at all what happened. Yes, their offense was stagnant and the shooting percentages were not good. And yes, their defense was questionable, I thought, as well. But they battled. Uh, they had they showed heart probably more than anything last night. So I'm torn between, man, this team has lost five games in a row. I don't know that they can get to the NCAA tournament. I wonder if this season is, is basically over. Uh, but then you see the heart they had in the loss last night and you, and you think, you know, this team may not near be through done fighting just yet. It's it's kind of a tear on things. Yeah, I think that's a perfect assessment. I, I feel like they did, you know, going back to the effort standpoint, I, I don't feel like that was ever really in question last night. Um, I, I think that they, you know, they, they had, what was it, 15 offensive rebounds in the game and scored 17 points off those. So, you know, when their offense is really producing not a whole heck of a lot, that they're finding ways, um, you know, I think, you know, to looking forward that they have these next three games, 
with with Maryland, Minnesota, and Rutgers. You know, Rutgers has obviously been playing really well of late, but those you, you just circle those three games. They've got seven wins in the conference. It, that those three games, if they could find a way to win three in a row here late, which doesn't seem likely at this point, but it's also not con- inconceivable with those three on the docket. You know, that gets you to ten in, in the Big Ten. That's probably good enough to make the NCAA tournament. So it's still right there in front of them if they can just, you know, have the the mental fortitude to, to not let this run get them down. Because you know, like you said, they're they're not quitting. They're just not a perfect basketball team by any stretch. They're 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 mediocre in a lot of ways, but effort can overcome a lot. And I think that's just where we're at right now. Can they continue to be mentally tough enough to to not let this break them? All right, Mike, uh, what's ahead for this team? It was a really tough four-game stretch. We know it's a five-game losing streak. Maryland coming up at home uh, on Thursday night, just in a couple days from now, then a road trip to Minnesota on Sunday. Where's this team at? I know this is a daily question almost, and it seems like it's been that way the last, really every year that we've had this show on the air. But uh, where is this team at as far as the NCAA tournament goes? And based on where you see things right now and what bracketologists are saying, uh, what does IU need to do the rest of the way to have a chance at the NCAA tournament? Yeah, I mean, going into that game last night, they were just about as bubbly as you could get. They were, you know, an 11 seed on the average of the, the bracket matrix.com um, that feels directionally right about where they should be. I don't think losing last night really did too much harm. Of course, you don't want to be losing five games in a row. That's probably the bigger thing than, than specifically losing on the road to Ohio state. It's just a trend of not playing well that can harm you as well in these, you know, latter stretches of the season. But at the same time, you know, if they play well here down the stretch, especially these three games, because the the one I'm not mentioning is the the regular season finale at Purdue. I don't think anybody realistically expects them to to grab that one. Um, So it's these three games right now. If if they were to win them all, I think that that would solidify them. Um, even if they trip up at Purdue and trip up in the Big Ten tournament, um, I, I think that that could be enough to to make a statement to get another road win to to beat a surging team like like a Rutgers. And and you look at it and you think, you know what, they manhandled Maryland on the on the road. They, they've got the confidence that they can beat Minnesota. And, you know, they've won road games like that at Maryland, at, at Nebraska, road games that they should won. They haven't won all the road games that they should won, but they, they've won some. They've won enough to, to be confident to go out onto the road. So they're just at that stage right now where they're, they're, they can't have any more hiccups in, the, in these last three. And if they can get them, I think that they're going to be fine. All right. Uh, injury-wise, Trey Galloway, did not play last night. We knew Rob Finnessy was out. Christian Lander was unavailable as well. Uh, about an hour before tip-off, we heard from IU that Galloway going to miss the game last night because I think it said a lower body injury. So a very uh, wide-open statement there that leaves you wondering what it could be. Is it something serious, not serious? Was Trey with the team last night? And any insight into what's going on with him? Because He's been, as you and I have discussed in recent weeks, he's been a boost in many ways for this team, uh, some coming off the bench and then starting as well at times. Yeah, I'll tell you, when I saw that saw him on the court last night, you know, not in warm-up clothes, my mind immediately went to Malachi Branham. 
um, and, and just the larger point of, you know, they're already missing Rob Fennessy. I don't know when he'll be back. It doesn't look promising. Um, you, you throw in Galloway, and as good as he is defensively out on the perimeter, the, the combination of missing those two is something that just, you know, adds a lot of complexity to, to you know, a, a team that's really relied on their defense all year. You know, you, t- you take him away, you take Fennessey away. It makes things really hard. I'll, I'll tell you what what I saw is he didn't have any kind of, you know, medical boot or anything like that, you know, on his lower body in any way. He, he didn't um, appear to be walking with any kind of limp. The, the kind of the chatter on the court was that, you know, it, it's nothing serious. So um, I, I guess we'll just have to see on Thursday. I don't think we'll we'll hear anything more. I don't know the specifics of the injury, but it, it's nothing about what he was doing uh, signaled anything serious, but you just never know with those kind of things, especially with just a, a very short layoff before Thursday's game. All right, I want to talk about Maryland for just a moment. Uh, they come to Assembly Hall on on Thursday night, I hate to get into this, but it's a must-win game for IU, right, for NCAA tournament purposes? Yeah, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of avoiding that that <laughs> phrase to, to this point, but I just don't think you can avoid it anymore. I mean, specifically this one, because you are talking about going back on the road after that, and then you are talking about a really good Rutgers team coming in. So, man, if, if any game is worthy of that description – I, I think it's the, that one, and moreover, just because Indiana really did, you know, that that was probably their best per, complete performance of the season. I almost feel like they they frustrated Maryland to the point of it looked like Maryland quit in that game, and you know, Maryland's turned around and you know gone into Mackey and, and played really tough. So you just never know with them, but yeah, I, if any game's worthy of that description, it's Thursday night. All right, uh, Mike. Also, Jawan Howard, uh, formerly. Uh, we know his suspension now, five games the rest of the regular season. Had a long, a couple long talks about this yesterday on, on the Monday edition of this program. Um, I, I thought it was, it was a bad moment for Michigan, for Jawan Howard, for the Big Ten, and for college basketball. And, and I'm not sure, I don't get too much into my opinion on this program, uh, and I love the idea of Jawan Howard coming back home to coach, and I loved him as a player, and I think he's done a tremendous job uh, since he's been at Michigan. But all that said, I'm not sure five games is near enough for what we saw explode in the handshake line Sunday after the Michigan-Wisconsin game. Were you surprised to see the penalty that was announced yesterday? Do you think it's enough, not enough? And kind of how how's the world reacting to this? Yeah, I mean – I, I got to say, it, it was directionally where I thought it would come out. You know, whether or not it's the right or wrong answer could could be a different discussion. But what I thought the Big Ten would do and what I thought Michigan would do, you know, the the rest of the regular season would, would have been my guess, and I, that's obviously what they did. And there there's some other you know punishments in there as well with players, and they tagged great guard with with a financial fine as well. Uh, the the thing that I had lost sight of is that he had a prior issue on the the court last year with, with Mark Turgeon of, of Maryland. And, and so if they were going to do something even more extensive than five games, that, that would have been the reason why, um, I, I guess maybe that could have been the reason why he got the five games, but you know, 
agree with your initial point. It's just, just an ugly scene. You know, a lot of contributing factors there. You know, Gregard could have done very well just to, to walk right on by because um, there were things that didn't get picked up on camera, I guess, with, with some jawing back and forth after Wisconsin had called a timeout. So so Gard had to know that it was, you know, a, a fueled situation there. So he, he, you know, the Big Ten obviously recognized that, that he played a role in it as well. Um, so just, just an altogether ugly situation. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think there was, was probably a suspension in there that was going to make everybody happy. Five games is a lot, you know, in the overall scheme of what we typically, what he did was obviously a lot too. So um, I, I, w- I would put it this way. He, he probably isn't going to have any other, you know, potential for another issue down the road or, or that's pretty much going to be it for him. Yep, I agree. Uh, Mike Schumann, the Daily Hoosier, with us talking all things IU and uh, even the Big Ten. Mike, IU women lost again last night. I want to bring that up as well. I know your focus was on the men's game, but they've had some rough moments here the last week or so. Yeah, it, it's really interesting from a couple standpoints. They they got McKenzie Holmes back, and you kind of thought at that point, well, perfect timing for the, for the stretch run. Um, but but Terry Morin alluded to the fact that you know the, just the fact that she's back is not the whole story. She's actually in the process of trying to work herself back into shape. You know, I I went to the Iowa game in Bloomington on Saturday. She was clearly not herself. You know, she was really making her mark earlier in the season by sprinting the court and you know was re- in really great shape. And she's just not there yet. And you know the the schedule has really conspired against Indiana down the stretch. You know back to back against an Iowa team who's really obviously you know a tough matchup for Indiana, and then they go on the road uh, Thursday, I believe it is, or I'm not sure when that game is at Maryland to conclude the regular season. And so it's a really tough stretch of games to finish out the season. I, I you know they're they're, they're not going to win the Big Ten regular season at this point, but if they can get McKenzie Holmes back to from a stamina and conditioning standpoint, you know, I think they'll set up just fine to compete for the big tournament. The the real thing to watch out for is do they lose their opportunity to host in the NCAA? Cause as most people know, you can host games uh, if you're a top four seed in the NCAA tournament. So that that's the one you really got to hope that they can hang on to. Cause you know, you don't want to have to go onto somebody else's home court in the, the first couple of rounds of the NCAA. Yeah, absolutely. Mike Schumann, The Daily Hoosier. Mike's website is thedailyhoosier.com. You can follow him at daily underscore Hoosier on Twitter. As always, thanks for joining us. Uh, It's going to be, Mike, a wild ride down the stretch to see if this team uh, has any opportunity at the postseason. And uh, last night's loss makes the path, I think, forward even tougher. So thanks for being with us today. And uh, we'll know more about, uh, I think, March and the possibilities of postseason when we talk again next week. Yep, we sure will, Matt. Appreciate it as always. All right, uh, Mike Schumann with us here on this Tuesday edition of the program. Uh, Mike Pegram not with us in the next segment uh, today. He is out, but uh, we'll come back. And uh, some of our headlines we did not get to in the first segment, we'll have those coming up for you here in just a few moments. But a couple programming notes. Uh, Friday night we have high school basketball, Jeffersonville hosting Castle. That is an 8 o'clock tip-off, so we'll be – be on the air around 7.45. On Saturday, we'll make the journey to Indianapolis and follow the Silver Creek Lady Dragons as they take on number one, South Bend, Washington, in the 3A Girls State Championship game. So 
Both of those coming up for you this weekend. And then next week, uh, it's all sectional basketball. Tuesday, Friday, and Saturday, we're planning to broadcast every game from Seymour. And it looks like uh, the, the way things could work out, we'll, we'll broadcast uh, every game because uh, we should have, if things work out the way we think they could, a local team in every first-round game, semifinal game, and, of course, championship game as well. We'll head to a break. We're back with some headlines. And to wrap up this Tuesday edition of the program, stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Tuesday program. Just a couple notes to close things out. I did want to go to the Thornton's text line. Had a message that said, uh, while I love Woodson as a player and admire his uh, as a person, this season has not been a bit different than the Miller years. So I know there's some frustration out there. There has been uh, the last month or so, and uh, especially after some of these close games don't go IU's way. So thank you for the text. And uh, someone else asked the IU women, uh, how far along are they in the season? Well, the women's college basketball season is just about to wrap up. Uh, the IU women play their final regular season game on Friday at Maryland, an 8 o'clock game. And then the Big Ten tournament gets underway for the women next Tuesday, the same day that sectional action begins here in the Hoosier State. So the women about a week, week and a half ahead of the men as far as the schedule goes. And uh, so that uh, their their postseason, their Big Ten tournament will be here before you know it. One other local headline I did not get to. Actually, I've got a couple things I wanted to share. Uh, was asked to uh, to mention this, and congratulations to Floyd Central senior Jay Conway. He concludes his high school wrestling career uh, with a second straight state championship that uh, concluded Saturday at Gainbridge Fieldhouse in Indianapolis on a very big stage. We don't uh, focus a lot on wrestling. I'm not sure that it gets any kind of love as, as what it should or maybe other sports do. But uh, Jay Conway, but uh, with an unbelievable career for the Highlanders, and what a way for him to cap it off with the state title as well. Also, a good news uh, for local basketball fans. You know, in the spring and summer when things slow down a bit, we're always talking recruiting, and we talk a lot about spring and summer travel basketball. The EYBL, which is the Nike Circuit, uh, that gathers some of the very best players from across the country uh, for a four or five meetings each spring and summer. They announced their uh, stops yesterday, and one of their four stops in the regular season before the Nike Peach Jam in July, which is played in front of college coaches, one of their four stops in the regular season is going to take place in Louisville. I assume that's going to be at the convention center where they're able to put down a lot of courts and create a really cool environment for basketball. It's not during a live period for coaches to be out, so you won't have all the uh, fanfare of D- Division One head and assistant coaches packing the stands in addition to fans and spectators and parents. But uh, it will be really neat to see that much talent from across the country uh, come to Louisville. The date of that, it's session three of the EYBL regular season, is May 27th through the 30th in Louisville 
And uh, in fact, session one is Orlando, session two is Indianapolis, and then after the Louisville session in late May, uh, early July, there's a live period session out in Kansas City, and then of course the famed Nike Peach Jam, which is July 17th through the 24th down in North Augusta, South Carolina. So a lot of talent, a lot of these guys IU recruiting and will be recruiting more so in the younger classes as well will be in Louisville in late May, uh, and you'll get a chance to see some of these guys up close and personal. That's going to wrap up things for this Tuesday edition of the program. Back with you Wednesday at 11 a.m. We'll have Dustin Dopirak joining us. Also, a Kennedy Mason Stryverson of Silver Creek who's helped this Dragons team back to the state championship game. She's scheduled to join us tomorrow as well. And Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, all will be with us on our Wednesday edition of the program. Don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. You can listen daily for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. And again, if you're listening live on the radio uh, or on the podcast on demand, we're glad to have you with us each and every day here on the show. That's going to wrap things up for this program. Uh, I will be back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. and uh, we'll dig in more to the remainder of IU's schedule and see if this team can get uh, back into the bubble discussion. I think some still have them there. Uh, See if they can work their way back into the NCAA tournament uh, with uh, four games left in the regular season. That's going to wrap it up for today. Be back with you tomorrow. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.